All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ podcast. Thank you for letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 51 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I am running point this week, Lonnie Weissar, STL KISS on the board. And today on the show is Julian, the admin. Hey guys, thanks for hosting Lonnie, appreciate it. Thank you. Ken, 69th Blizzard. How you doing? And Mark, Marcus Almighty. Hello. (laughs) Right. So 51 episodes, still going strong, and... Thank you for everyone who listened to episode 50. Thank you for everyone who listened to all the episodes and comments. And we enjoy reading your comments as always. So today, let's get right into it. Today, we did an episode a while back on the different KISS movies. So today, we're going to talk about the different KISS TV appearances. And there's quite a few of them out there. Uh, I think we can probably probably end up doing a couple shows on different KISS TV appearances and um, just KISS-related um, instances they've been on television over the last 40 years because there are quite a few of them. So, um, so what, are, what are some of your guys' favorites? What are some of the more cringe-worthy, maybe <laughs> embarrassing, because there's, there's plenty of those too? Um, embarrassing TV moments that Kiss has been on. You're kind of like your friend sees you at school the next day. Hey, aren't you a Kiss fan? I think you see. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's there's two that come to mind for me, if you don't mind. Oh, go ahead. Well, the one that I find that, that I really enjoyed actually was uh, the whole, what the the whole uh, sorry Matt TV thing they did there. That that was one of the ones I really enjoyed when they were on Mad TV. There, mm-hmm. they did yeah. that Halloween. Yeah. That was I thought that was really good. I I found that surprisingly funny for Kiss. Um, and the thing that I found most interesting about it, to be quite honest, is that I had the I found that in my circle of friends and musicians that I hung out with, that that whole TV appearance had the opposite effect. I found that a lot of the people actually found them that it helped their credibility. A lot of people found that it was cool and funny, that they were surprised how good it actually was. You know, most people were kind of, we were expecting, you know, a hand to the forehead thing when they expected Kiss on TV. Again, like, oh, great, what's going to happen now? Right. But a lot of people that I know really enjoyed it. And I did too. And a lot of, and I found a lot of people were really hip to it and enjoyed it. The one moment that to me though is pretty cringeworthy, not so much because they were bad on it or anything, but it, again, it was, I guess it was the era is when they were on Oprah Winfrey, Paul and Gene there. I mean, Gene, I mean, with that, that eye rouge there and that cheek rouge there. And I mean, just the makeup that they had on, it was just like, wow. Like they were like, you know, borderline, you know, looking like ladies there at one point. And it was just, you know, again, they were just trying to keep up that whole image of, you know, like, you know, how many women we were with and you know it's like a buffet table like gene would always say and stuff like that and it's just that to me was it's more i find it more humorous now but i think back then that would have been one of those moments where you know people would have came up to you and said you're a kiss fan like those people you know like i could have just imagined that being the negative you know appearance then but 
I just find it funny now more than anything, that whole appearance on Oprah. But yeah, those are the two that stand out to me so far. Yeah, I think the Mad TV thing um, for a lot of people really stands out as maybe the second generation Kiss fans to be like their Paul Lynn moment, if you will. Um, you know, granted, Kiss was exposed quite a bit during the reunion tour. You know, there, but there wasn't like the big moment on on television. I mean, did I mean I don't know. Was Kiss on TV a whole whole lot? I mean, there was the Shout It Out Loud video on MTV, and Kiss Mania was going on, but there wasn't like a mainstream television appearance that I can think of by the band. There were um, commercials a lot. Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year would probably yeah, be the kind of the only. I got a good yeah, story about that. Yeah, the only mass market one I can really think of in that period, other than the uh, kind of like the stuff beforehand, the Grammys, and and the, the Grammys. Like, obviously. Yeah, I can't think of much. Oh, uh, um, MTV Awards Under the Bridge. Under the Bridge, yeah, yeah that's good. So yeah, that's... two two very high profile ones. Yeah, but I think I think that. But as far as like a not just playing, but. It, the Man TV, they didn't even play, but they're in those some of those skits and that. And that's, it kind of looked like, to me, it was like, this is what Kiss on Saturday Night Live always should have been that never was. And they came as close as they possibly could with that Mad TV appearance. And it was, and the skits were really funny too. They were, and they were cheesy and they were tongue in cheek, but, but they were funny. And I remember it was, it was, it was on Halloween night. It was on, this, it aired the same night that the Dodger Stadium show was and then like after mad tv they played the first couple songs from dodger stadium after that oh that's why i didn't see it because i was at the dodger stadium show okay yes like, <laughs> wondering why i've never never i've actually never seen it that's right I, really? i've never oh, yeah. i've never gone back i on youtube mad tv it's just one of those things that i had absolutely zero interest in in um in in viewing so you know keep talking about it and persuading me why I've, why i've missed something it's pretty funny. Like they had the skit where, um, with the daughter was going to go to was going to go to homecoming or something, yeah. wasn't that? and like they, they open up the door and the four of them come come walking in their destroyer outfits, <laughs> costume, and they look as much as you know. Maybe I thought it was cringe worthy at the time the way that I thought they looked. I thought Gene looked ridiculous in that destroyer outfit in '98, but I wish he looked that good now. But there they were standing there, you know, and like. The mom comes in. She's like, "Oh yeah, Kiss. T- they took me to prom too." And then the grandma comes in. Oh yeah, they took me to prom too. It was kind of funny, that, <laughs> you know. Funny. And, then, and like, oh yeah, Kiss is timeless. They're telling it's pretty. It's pretty. It's tongue in cheek, but it's pretty funny. Um, what was it? There was a skit about a uh, about a uh, about an action figure doll too, or something. Like yeah. That. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the, and the mother ends up asking the daughter to borrow it for the night. The Paul doll. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's life size boulder. The life size the boulder. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. good. You know, and then after and then after that they you see Kiss on stage opening up the Psycho Circuit store. That was one of the that was one of the best T V appearances I think I think for a lot of the second generation of Kiss fans to see their yeah. favorite band on Halloween really featured on Fox. And there they are in Arthur Glory then playing in front of at a stadium in America after that aired on TV. That's that's a great TV appearance as far as I'm concerned. And I don't think anybody's going to contradict that at all. That whole Halloween night, though, was a pretty damn good promotional effort, though, wasn't it? 
If, if, you, if you think about the coverage they got, mm -hmm. um, the live part, Mad TV, obviously, and then the radio show at the same yeah, it was on the radio the broadcast. Too. You know, yeah. for for the first night of a tour, Kiss hadn't had that sort of um, clout in America. Obviously, the, there were some broadcasts during the reunion tour that, like the the um, God, I, I'm not going to be able to. Atlanta was broadcast to Japan, I believe, uh, one of those two nights. Um, so for uh, the American audience to be given that sort of thing was really cool. And I've still got the radio show from that on CD. It, it was, uh, you know, really kind of cool getting to hear the show after the fact. Yeah. And that, Atlanta's one of the better pro shot bootlegs out there too of, of a reunion show. So it's, I don't know. I always, I like like, like the second, this is kind of off topic, but it's kissing. You know, I always liked the second coming video that came out around the time Psycho Circus came out, but I always thought that they should have cashed in more. I mean, we always talk about what Kiss should have done on this show, but I think, you know, they should have or could have cashed in more with a official concert DVD, or I guess it would have been VHS release at the time of a reunion show. And that, and that, not, and that never was. And it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of shocking, especially with how much the band was well received on that tour that they didn't do more to to cash in on that so, but that's another show another top what about you ken what's a what's a great tv appearance in your opinion well i'm not gonna go to the obvious because to me there's one obvious one that's my favorite but so i'm not gonna go that unless go there unless someone else pick you know goes there later on so uh one of them is i mean you, you mentioned saturday night live you know there was the alternate back in the late uh, 70s or 80s, you know, Fridays show. And, and did you watch that on Friday night? A, was on? And you know what? I I remember watching I was watching that um, really? when it came on. I probably, I used to check, I uh, we used to have a subscription to TV Guide back What's then. What's TV Guide? <laughs> yeah, TV Guide. For you people who don't know, <laughs> folks, it's a, like a Reader's Digest, and they'll say, "What's Reader's Digest?" But, uh, it's a it's a, What's book, a magazine. A it's a small magazine book book kind of format, and it lists all the uh, what was on TV. And there wasn't it wasn't cable really. Well, there was cable back then, but um, not quite as what it was is now. Um, but it had the channels, and it said what was on at certain times and certain days, and so on. And and uh, Fridays, I, I enjoyed because I, I you know I enjoyed Saturday Night Live too. So it's kind of a no-brainer for me to watch Fridays, you know, um, if I was around to watch it. So I remember it being, I think, in the guide, and I knew that it was coming up. So I watched it and uh, see them play live the Elder material, um, The Oath and uh, World Without Heroes, right? They did two or three, or I. They did I, I know they did that. Yeah, so uh, I thought it was great, the sound of it all, you know. And even though the look was kind of different, I mean, seeing them in high heels instead of platforms. Um, but I just thought it was, I thought it was a great performance. And then they had some other little minor skits on there, something like, like a Hollywood Squares thing or, or something like that, a spoof. And I don't remember much else about it, but... It was it was cool seeing that, and that was a cool thing. Um, I guess. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, was that the first time that you saw Kiss play with Eric Carr? Like, like yes, 
You know what I mean? Uh, that was the first time I saw him with Eric Carr. That's true. Uh, at least playing. Um, right, so right. now we now we go into the cringeworthy kind of thing. The cringeworthy, <laughs> which is the uh, kids are people too, which I saw like I saw on a Sunday morning when it was on, and when they introduced you know Eric Carr, since you know Peter was no longer there, and and just the thing with with the kids and stuff. It was cool them being you know being cool with kids and stuff, but I think that kind of throws out your credibility as a as an older fan when there's these kids that are 10 years old all in the audience and they're they have goofy questions you know why is peter chris no longer in the band and, and so on so um that was kind of cringeworthy um it's like ah what happened you know what happened to kiss here uh, it was just kind of strange but i mean i i'll watch it i mean i have these things like you know like these videos that are like media collections of certain years that I picked up and you know I can go back and watch some of this stuff so but that's kind of the cringeworthy that's your so, cringeworthy that's your, that's your cringeworthy moment I don't know if it's the worst one in my mind I'll have to think hard to, to, <laughs> there is maybe another one and you stole mine that is, that is my all time favorite KISS TV appearance is it really? More so than any of the '70s stuff, which maybe, you know, has become somewhat like common, shall we say? Yeah. The the elder era obviously is um, overlooked, maligned, mm -hmm. underappreciated, in my opinion. And when you actually get to see the band playing that stuff live from the from the elder and Ace, and I said it last week, Ace yeah. absolutely kills, and I. I the mystery keyboardist is really cool on that. You know, the flourishes adding to the material. So them pre performing that stuff from the album, just I find absolutely stunning every time I see it. So I, I think that's a fantastic pick. And I, I know people have been talking about this this whole Elder area, uh, era lately a lot with uh, the threats to burn videos and whatnot. But it, it's, 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 it's really a cool period that, I mean, he only had this purple headband for a very short time. So... It's really, it's really fun. So yeah, I think, I think watching that though, it, it brought up a lot of things though with people too, because like, you know, what it also made people scratch their head about, you know, the hit them not even doing a tour for that record and just seeing them play that song, those songs, and seeing how well they played them. It's just one of those moments, like those what if I what how cool would it have been if they actually you know did a tour around that record? Oh, they you know? they tried to tour so badly. They tried. They kept coming up with proposals. They kept doing all the budgets for it. They did it multiple times. Their little trip to Mexico was supposed to be to announce the South American tour. So they had tours on the brain but every you know every it, it's such a tough period for the band and I, I don't want to give too much away with something that might happen next year but you know it it's a really tough era for the band yeah. and that's all we basically got of them really performing live solid gold was lip sync um yeah. and, and off the top of my head i can't think of anything else because they did not do any major national credible um pre like three piece appearance without ace there that was another one right yeah the san remo broadcast yeah. to uh you know that's another one that's really cool but again that's lip sync and yeah. you know that's very you know that was beamed to what 20 to 30 million europeans 
Fridays was to a very small audience on the West Coast. That was not nationally syndicated, I don't believe. Um, it may have been re-shown later. And Solid Gold was the complete wrong demographic. And <laughs> very very few people were getting to see the videos. So that is it, and that's what, to me, makes it so fun. Yeah, they were on uh, Flo and Eddie also. I don't yeah, know which, uh, I, yeah, New York, right? I guess that's almost part... Part of that was cringeworthy. Part of it's kind of funny, and other parts cringeworthy. <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? Um, yeah. We're playing with a stuffed animal, you know, throwing it through a ring, you know. And that was just well, Gene and, just, uh, just Gene and Paul on Flo and Eddie, and they showed the World Without Heroes video. So that was one of the few places that I actually got to see the video, other than Solid Gold. So, you know, not much for the elder era. Well, it, it was real sad because thinking about it, I was hoping for another tour. I mean, I was hoping for a tour when Unmasked came out. We didn't get it here in the, in the United States. It was just Australia, right? And then I was like, okay, now they're going to tour for the Elder. And it didn't happen again. So I was like, ah, you know, we have to wait that, so That had to be a really interesting time to be a fan, like in your position, Ken, where, you know, your favorite band releases an album and you don't get a tour. And then you, you don't get a tour in America. And then they release another album and you still don't get a tour in America. And you're just, and you know, that was the reason why you toured. You know, it was to promote the album and album sales. And like, why are you guys not promoting these albums that you're releasing? It had to have been a really confusing time to be a fan. You know. Yeah, it's kind it's of tough waiting. So, yeah. So can I give one of my favorite ones now before yes. we, before someone else poaches it? And I'm going to jump in there right away with Arsenio Hall, 1993. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Sorry, Lottie. Bastard, you knew I was going to say it. <laughs> yeah, and you were, take, you were taking a sip at the same time, so you couldn't say it. Like, no, Arsenio Hall, I, I find that – I like Arsenio. Uh, always did back then. thought it was hilarious. But having them on that show – and I never saw it at the time because I was out of the bloody country. So uh, we did not get Arsenio Hall in Scotland. So, um, But I just think it's one of the best perform performances they've done live on TV. It's freaking powerful. It's them full-blown revenge era. Lonnie, jump in because you just look they like you're itching to say so something. They sound so great. They, that's the, they sound just – the band is so freaking tight on that episode. Yeah. And, to, and, and it goes back to what – I've said on this show before, when the reunion tour was announced, I was almost disappointed because I wanted to see that band so bad because they sounded so freaking incredible. Every appearance that I've, every bootleg that I had scratched up from the club tour, from the revenge tour, and from, I guess I had some of those South American stuff by then even too, but just anything that I had scratched up, I was like, this band is so incredible. And I, and I knew that it just, yeah, it was going to be great that they're going to play with Ace and they're going to play with Peter and they're going to put on the makeup. But I knew it wasn't going to sound the same. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you mentioned that because you and my friend Jerry, who's the drummer in my band for you, you and him would get along great because when he saw that Arsenio Hall performance too, he was like, you know what? He he loved it. He loves Eric Singer. He thinks that he just totally improved that band a hundredfold. Right. And he, you know, he had the same reaction when he heard the reunion. He was disappointed. He goes, man, you know, he didn't think Peter Chris were going to hold a candle to Eric Singer drumming wise. Right. So he was kind of disappointed about it. So just, I just wanted to just throw that in and just, you know. I mean, but, but that, but that Arsenio Hall appearance, um, to me, I mean, made me so proud to be a Kiss fan at, at the time that here they are. And, our, and you guys, you got to remember, 
Arsenio was huge at the time in America. I mean, absolutely huge. He was as, it was as big as the Tonight Show or the Late Show was. I mean, it was it was a battle of three different late night television programs. So Arsenio was was huge, especially with with a younger audience. And for them to get up there and do what they did on that show was just it was just incredible. And so, their their, so, their song selection was absolute perfection for me perfect. because mm-hmm. my all time favorite Deuce and Detroit Rock City, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, just incredible. Um, you know, I, I think it's the beginning of a really cool era for the band because 92, I, I don't find the Revenge Tour particularly appealing. I like the club gigs when you get, they get the close, the power, you really get the vibe coming through the tape without being there. I think the club, you really had to have been in one of those to have experienced that close, that bombastic kind of uh, overload. But 93, 94, when they're doing the few appearances they did in 93 and then the South American stuff in 94, they were just bang on point in, the, in terms of their performances. Bruce was something else on guitar. He was a different creature completely. I mean, he was injecting his kind of revenge phrasing and guitar attack into the original stuff, but yet keeping it very... They, they'd taken the tempo back to its original kind of structure for the songs, so he was just infusing it with a... It was like an angry, you know, attitude-filled band again, uh, which was just wonderful. It was reinvigorated. It was Kiss on Viagra. You know, and, and, and they could play... And they could play... They really could play anything. You didn't... Yeah. At that point in the band, you didn't know what... 50% of the songs were going to be every night because they literally could pick up and play anything in the catalog. They weren't scared to play anything um, from a certain era. Maybe, you know, maybe they didn't touch the elder or anything like that, but they weren't scared to play something off the seventies. They weren't scared to play something in the eighties or something off, off of revenge. You know, they, they, they weren't limiting themselves and thinking, well, we have to play these, 10 songs every night no matter what maybe we'll sprinkle in one or two songs that we don't play as a standard every freaking tour so but again we're going off on a tangent we're supposed to be talking about tv appearances and we're not that i'm complaining we're talking about the revenge era but <laughs> that just proves you don't have a script <laughs> we don't that's all right you didn't get the facts i like shows that <laughs> the <memory. we're> all- <laughs> So one of my favorite TV appearances is actually to stick with what we were just talking about um, was I'm opening up and it wasn't a whole lot, but it was kind of like um, Ken's deal that I found out that they were going to do the kickoff of Monday Night Football one Monday night and they played um, I Love love It Loud. And there's not a whole, you can find it on YouTube. I was actually watching it a little while ago. I was getting ready for the show, and there's not a whole lot of Kiss um, because they mix in, you know, NFL images and pictures of players and things like that. But it was just cool because Monday Night Football in the early 90s was what Sunday Night Football is now, where it was on network television. There wasn't Sunday Night Football back in the early 90s, and it really was Monday Night Football now is kind of like almost like a throwaway game almost every week. And Monday Night Football used to be two major teams going at it. It was a head-to-head like Sunday Night Football is now on a network television. The fact that they were kicking it off on Monday night was a big deal to me um, as as a kid and to see my favorite band kick off Monday night. And that year, he used to always do, like, remember, he used to always do the Hank Williams song before Monday Night Football started back in the day. 
And then I think like in 93, for some reason, they had a different band each week do that. And the fact that Kiss was one of those bands, I think, proved to me that, yeah, they are relevant. My friends are wrong. Kiss is, you know, a relevant band. And I was I was proud to go to school that Tuesday morning and like, did you guys see Kiss, you know, open up my name? Well, yeah, yeah, it was cool, you know. So that for me is like almost like one of my, not one of, not the, but maybe one of my Paul Lynn type moments that there's my favorite band kicking off a major football game in the fall. You know, and pro- proving to myself, not, not, not only proving to my friends, but proving to myself, too, that they are relevant and, you know, they're, they are still, you know, a viable act. Especially at that point when they, let's be honest, they weren't that popular in America at the time in 93. <laughs> so that's, that's one of my all-time favorites. I'll, you know, even though Julian stole my all-time favorites. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I left you a scrap. From that Thanks. era, yeah. <laughs> I mean the Monday Night Football, and and don't worry, you can always do the Jim Blossoms one as well, or uh, what was it? The Garth Brooks, yeah, yeah, whatever that was. Actually, the, the funny thing is, um, I don't know if we can, if I can throw in one more. Actually, that was kind of um, important for me. I guess this might be uh, interesting to bring up, but yeah, when I was uh, back in the day, I guess it was a, this is Psycho Circus. I think it was August '98. I think it was. I was really big in wrestling at that point. So, like, I loved watching WCW wrestling and that. And that was one of those moments where I was like, I couldn't believe it when they announced that Kiss appeared on Monday Night Nitro, played God of Thunder to introduce one of the new wrestlers that appeared on WCW wrestling. And I remember when that came on, I was like, wow, I just couldn't believe it because it mixed the two things that I loved, which was wrestling at the time and Kiss, right? And I mean, I I have it on the YouTube here. You can see there's I don't know if you can catch any of that, uh, mm-hmm. but but they're they're on uh, Monday Night Nitro there, and they're actually introducing a new wrestling character who looks exactly like Gene. Like it's funny because I'll I'll just shuttle over to oh, yeah. really the demon. Or That's the yeah, or... yeah, Dale Torborg, the demon. Right, but it wasn't Dale Torborg that night though. Was it? No, it was a different wrestler named Brian Adams. And then, but his next appearance—that's that's uh, really no relation to the singer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing about wrestling. But that wasn't scoreboard that night. I, I set my, I set my VCR to record this, and I remember having to fast forward through like three hours of freaking wrestling crap. Men in tights. And I, I was just never into wrestling, so I finally get to it, and the tape runs out. I missed the part where they they had the, the that demon wrestler uh, wrestle with Gene Simmons, and they had that kind of. Phantom meets the park. Park. <laughs> no, <laughs> it didn't happen, did it? <laughs> you ready for the real Gene? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's a good one though too. I remember watching that, and uh, that actually got me back into wrestling for a while. Like, it, I guess it it did its trick for a guy like me. Like, I watched it that night to watch Kiss, and I ended up actually. Watching, I got me hooked back on the wrestling again for a while. I started watching for a while, and obviously waiting for for the demon to come out too to see if he wrestled. And he would always lose. You remember that, Mark? Yeah, he would always lose every week. He fought, he would lose. I know. I, I I thought that was really odd too because I mean I remember reading stories and stories in wrestling magazines about how they were they were being courted by both WCW and WWE wrestling with Vince McMahon. 
mm-hmm. and it was just a whole thing with the whole money that you know WCW and Ted Turner was willing to chalk up more money, obviously. To make just it went, go over. Just went to, the, to the entity that offered more money. Uh, of course, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> you know, but in, in retrospect, you know, maybe it would have been smarter to go with WWE. They did five. Vince McMahon has always been a smarter wrestling mogul, right? But you know, in any case, that's neither here nor there. But it, that was definitely uh, an interesting moment in terms of meeting the two worlds of music and wrestling together, right? So I definitely thought that they did a lot of help for them too. Because lots of people who loved wrestling, I know in, in circles around where I live, were talking about that too. That they weren't even Kiss fans. So, you know, it did it did its job, right? Yeah, I think so. So, what are some other ones? There's there's plenty to choose from. What about? And this one, I think, did wonders for the band. Actually, their maybe not this last time, but the first time they appeared on American Idol in the spring of 2009. And say what you want about, well, Kiss and American Idol. But at the time, American Idol was like the biggest show in North America. I mean, it was absolutely humongous at the time. And the fact that they appeared on the finale, and I and I think a lot of, and, and maybe I'm theorizing here, but in the spring of 2000, after they did that, I think they, you know, they hadn't toured America in quite a while at that point. They had already toured Europe in the summer of 2008 with the Alive 35, and they had just done South America in the spring of 2009. And maybe the tour was being routed already at the time for fall of 2009. I mean, I don't, I don't work in tour productions. I don't know, you know, exactly how far in advance that tour was booked or anything. But I think maybe promoters and KISS saw how well they were received um, on that television appearance. I mean, it was huge. And and, if, and I remember, like, for the next couple weeks even, that that video of KISS on American Idol was, like, the number one downloaded video clip on iTunes for, like, the next couple – like not, like, the next day, but, like, maybe, like, the next week or so. I mean, I think it really sparked a lot of interest in the band. Like, oh, wow, it's KISS. And I don't – I don't think people knew that it wasn't Ace and it wasn't Peter at the time, but I don't think people, you know, really cared. You know, and a lot of people will catch, and the casual fan to this day, I don't think really cares anyway. But that's a show for another day. But I think that that, sh- that appearance was very important for them, and they and they looked good on that appearance. I, I say what you want about Adam Lambert or, or whatever. Thank you, Mark, for the video. But I think that 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 appearance was really important for the band that helped re gave them like that extra surge. Like we've talked about different surges before on the show. And I think that that appearance in 2009 really helped propel that surge that they got in, in 09 leading up to Sonic Boom. Yeah. I'd have to agree. You know, um, Adam Lambert is perfectly fine. Very talented singer, great voice. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually one of the few that is probably glad that he's working with queen, even if I wish they didn't call themselves a queen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but the exposure that they got off that, it, it, you know, it's a great contrast with how little they really did in support of Monster. And you can just see the the major difference between 2009 and 2012. So I, I really hope from that perspective, I, I don't want to linger on, uh, you know, American Idol, that uh, 
you know, when 2016 rolls around and hopefully they do an album, that they have some avenues that they can get on TV or on some of these private channels now that are really becoming popular, Amazon, Netflix, you know, all, all these streaming media sources, HBO even, and do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope, I mean, like I said, I think that that appearance really propelled them back into the spotlight and, you know, and you, it's a good point, Julian. They, they, I think they tried in 2012, like, but it was, it was like the timing was all off in 2012 where monster came out in the fall, but like in the spring, they were everywhere after the, the tour was announced with Motley Crue, like they were on, I think dancing with the stars after that. And they were on a few other things around in the spring promoting that tour. But I never understood, and we're, we're all over the place tonight, but I never understood the timing of Monster coming out in the fall like it did when all this promotion was going on in the spring before the tour. Who releases an album after a tour? <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it was a big mistake. You know, it, it seemed like they were just hopping on the summer bandwagon. Motley Crue had sex out, so they threw out Hell or Hallelujah, you know, and it was just like one of those things. It it made the album almost an afterthought for me. The tour's over, and then the album comes out. It made it still makes zero sense to me. But. Hey, they promoted yeah. it on the cruise, and then yeah, then, no, then, then you had then you could watch the songs dropping on a nightly basis in South America. <laughs> it, was, it was really sad. Disappointed that they played half that album. Well, I've got I've got another one. I might as well just do the one that's my favorite. (laughs) Does it it begin with Tom? Yes, and it ends with Snyder. (laughs) So it's the Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder on 1979, and I saw that again when it appeared. The first, the initial appearance. Yeah, I I came home and. I think I watched it with my mother, actually, um, <laughs> and uh, because she used to watch that uh, show all the time, and I knew Kiss was going to be on it, and it was, it was just so, you know, cool. Uh, the interview—you never had a f- long interview like that, and it was comical <laughs> with the uh, Ace going going nuts, and uh, and uh, so yeah, it, it was great. And to me, it's it's kind of my—I wouldn't say it technically my Paul Lynn kind of thing for me because I didn't see the Paul Lynn uh, show when that was out. I probably could have, but uh, I don't remember seeing it or I missed it or I don't know what, but you didn't have TV guide. I, you know what? (laughs) I'm sure we had TV guide. I'm sure we had it, but you know what? At that time I was not listening to kiss. I don't think I even knew who they were at that time. Not until, you know, uh, probably 75, 76, probably 76, a friend showed me a cover, but I just kind of blew it off. Like, it was the first album. I blew it off of that. What the heck's that, you know? Uh, (laughs) So I started like a year later than I probably would have. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's, for me, that's a big deal. That's one of the best ones. I can go back and watch that over and over and over again. Um, not the cut one. They cut they cut it down on Kissology. Uh, I want the full one. And I do have the full show on one of these, uh, one of my uh, DVDs that I have. So that's the that's a good one for me. I'm going to inject something into this because I interviewed someone this week who uh, told hmm. me all about Paul Stanley and how 
very determined he was for KISS to be presented absolutely perfectly when they were on national platforms, and it was very, very important for him for nothing to be wrong, everything to be perfect, and just to now have heard the uh, the how important all of that was from a third party, I feel so bad for Paul in particular on that. I mean, mm. you, you see Gene reacting physically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Paul's eyebrows are like doing a little. You you can just see him get starting to wig out for want of a better term on Tom Snyder. I'm gonna ba- go back and watch that full one because I, I think on anyone's TV list, if that is not near the top or at the top, it is just the most perfect bit of disaster v- viewing possible. It's like watching the Hindenburg. Exactly. Mm, yeah. That's exactly what it is. I mean, and it also is a great example of non-scripted television. I mean, you could tell that they, oh, were, yeah. they were just they were just going off, and you know, there was nothing obviously prepared beforehand for this. This is just come as it goes, and you know, I guess it didn't help that Ace had a whole bottle of champagne beforehand in the dressing room, you know. But I mean, yeah. That's the thing. Maybe it did help because it was definitely memorable. Look how much we're talking about it now, years and years later. So, did it do its job? Of course it did. Maybe to them they were probably you know blue in the face or steaming you know because of it. But it definitely made people talk, and isn't that what they wanted? Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, and my friends and I still quote. We still like quote lines from that to each other all the time whenever we're like kiss, my kiss friends and i we like quote lines that where we go out to a bar on that we'll inevitably start quoting lines from tom snyder every time we go out because it's i mean it's how many years later and we still talk about it it's so freaking hilarious yeah, how, the how many, player. yeah how many bands get a great tv moment like that the sex pistols had their bill grundy moment you know when they swore on tv you know fucking rotter and all that stuff Kiss has Tom Snyder, which is just goes beyond, you know, the pale of what the Pistols did on TV because it's just so damn funny. Can you imagine being Billy Coyne and being back in the dressing room when they're going back to take their makeup off? I mean, that that's like my fly on the wall Kiss moment. I would love to have been in that room when they the four of them went backstage to take off the dress to take off the makeup. And what was said, if anything was even said, or if you and Paul just didn't even speak to him. I'm pretty sure Paul was in the limo by the time anyone else got back to the changing room and was out of there. I am sure. That had to just be unbelievable to hear anything that was said. Or I guess guess we would have known if Fisk would have flown because there would have been in one of their books they would have talked about that. can Can I jump in with mine? Absolutely. One now. I've got I've got two. One I'm going to do quickly because technically it's a commercial and theoretically commercials are for TV and I don't know if this was actually ever on TV because I only saw it online and it is Ace Frehley's Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Mm. Profit and Loss Statement uh, 2007. I believe it's his last appearance in makeup and there's not a whole lot to say about that other than it's just a fucking funny, you know, hearing his cackle, seeing him in makeup one last time basically. Um it didn't make me go to Dunkin' Donuts. All right, so that's enough said about that. <laughs> it's my my next pick is actually the, the real one, and it's from my youth. Soon after becoming a fan, I did catch a rebroadcast of MTV's Animal Eyes live, mm-hmm. which 
was my first experience of the band live. So again, we've got the emotional connection that I always harp on about because that was me seeing Kiss live for the first time, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever back then. You know, nowadays I, I complain about it's too fast, it's not that great, it's blah blah blah. But back then, it was fantastic. So it it really it didn't get me to go and see a Kiss show anytime soon, obviously. Um, but it was for many years the only way I had to listen to them live or see them live. So very special. Yeah, I get. It. But you put yourself in that moment, seeing that live. I mean, it was in, I mean, it's it's a great television appearance, really. Yeah, and you know, to this day, I still like watching Eric Carr on this because oh, yeah. because you know more than any of the other members of the band you know gene looks a bit silly um paul is hyper and you know bruce is well kind of bruce is still bruce <laughs> bruce, bruce, bruce is still bruce then um yes. you know very very competent but uh not mm -hmm. not visually exciting but eric on the other hand is just a monster so you know you know, I can watch that nowadays, and it just it takes me back to when I'm 14 years old again. So, real fun. You know, along those lines, um, I'm going to kind of not a kind of along those lines, but going to an MTV appearance, um, and that's MTV Unplugged for me. Um, mm -hmm. It's probably maybe maybe one of the most important kiss moments of all time on television. But um, you know, you gotta, you can remember that. For a lot of us, for most of us, it was pre-internet at the time in 95. A lot of us didn't have internet at our homes. We might have had it at school or you might have had it in the library, but not everybody had, you know, internet in their homes. So to, I didn't know that, you know, that obviously was recorded in, in August of 95. And I didn't know that Ace and Peter had, had played with them. And I remember seeing the. I remember I was at my girlfriend's house, and I was a sophomore in high school, maybe junior in high school, something like that. And we were watching MTV, and a commercial came on and said, "Live on, not live, but on Halloween night, Kiss MTV Unplugged." And I was like, "Oh wow, that's awesome! Kiss is gonna be on MTV." I didn't even know Kiss was gonna be on MTV Unplugged. And you know, you can say what you want. Like, well, how favorite Kiss fan are you? You didn't know that that had happened. But anyway, whatever. I didn't know that they were going to be on. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And she looked at me and she's like, really? Kiss? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Kiss not big at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be that's great. I can't wait. So Halloween night comes and I'm watching TV in the basement at my mom and dad's house. And I'm talking to her on the phone as I'm watching it. You know, you're on, you're on the phone as a kid and you're, you're, you're not texting your girlfriend in 95. You're on the phone with your girlfriend actually in 95. So, yeah, I mean, it's how, I mean, you guys. <laughs> with a cord on it. Right, exactly, with a cord on it. And my mother would pick up the phone. Oh, you're still on the phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm watching it, and they come out of every time I look at you. And, you know, when Paul Stanley introduced Ace and Peter, and they came out. And I, I couldn't freaking believe it. I mean, I, I, I literally screamed like a 12-year-old girl when Ace and Peter came out. I was like, I couldn't believe that was even happening. Um, and I was just dumbfounded. And, and, I, and I 
I'm glad, looking back on it, I'm glad I didn't know that this had taped back in August and that Ace and Peter came out and played songs with them at the end. Because it put me in that moment watching it like I was someone in the audience not knowing that this was going to happen. And it was just, you know, it's, 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 God, it's 20 years ago. But it's, it's a moment that I've never forgotten and I never will forget, forget because it was so important to me that Nally is my favorite band on MTV Unplugged because it was kind of a, a thing of credibility that your band's on MTV Unplugged because that was a big thing at the time that bands like Stone Temple Pilots and Nirvana had had done and, oh, they're having Kiss on MTV Unplugged. You know, but come to find out the only way they would have Kiss on MTV Unplugged was, you know, Bass and Peter came out. And, but that was such a huge and important moment to me as a Kiss fan and really just affected my life, I guess you could say, because it just, at that point, propelled me from Kiss fan to Kiss fandom and was just propelled my fan, my love of the band out of control. So, and besides the fact that that MTV special was just incredible and the performances, oh, you yeah. know, one of the best of their career. So, I that think... Was, that was another Halloween one. I mean, you got... It was on Halloween night, night yeah. You had the Halloween with the Mad TV. You had the Halloween with Tom Schneider. They've done a number of Halloween things. I mean, Paul, was Paul in on the Halloween nights? I don't know. Yep. I think was so, it? yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of their one of their good nights. <laughs> I mean, it works. It really works well for them. They've had some important moments on Halloween for their career, that's for sure. So, what about you guys? We're talking about MTV Unplugged. Did you guys know before Halloween 95 that that had happened? Yeah, mm-hmm. I knew. I knew ahead. Uh, I remember seeing the, the. I was at San Francisco convention, you know, I went to the convention, one of the conventions they had. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I remember, I, I, again, it was probably, I don't know, it was a TV guide or something else, but uh, uh, I did you in the team I don't know. <laughs> I don't get that. That was just back then. We had a, you know, just you're like you're like Frank. You know how uh, people, kids kids would come to your door selling magazines, subscriptions, and that'd be one of the ones you check off and you get it in the mail. And you know, but anyway, um, yeah, that I knew that one ahead of time. I did watch it uh, during Halloween, and I remember I put a recordable VHS tape. Oh yeah, another what's VHS? Um, and you prayed that the timer worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I recorded it because I knew I had to get off my butt and, and hand out candy, you know, when the doorbell rang uh, to kids. So that was, it was so cool, though, seeing that, seeing them on there. It was just a perfect, the whole thing was perfect, really was. Yeah, I, didn't, I, mean, I didn't get to see it. I was in Scotland, but I was on AOL. So there was the Kiss Army Online back then. So I got to hear all about it from the bastards who got to watch it. <laughs> and March rolls around, and I'm in touch with Polygram or Phonogram London by that time, and I'm trying to get copies, and they couldn't get me promos or anything for it because my website back then wasn't big enough to justify them sending me anything. So I had to go I go into, I think, Queen Street in uh, Glasgow and get a copy of the tape, and it took forever. I didn't see the video until I moved back to the States in 98. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, for me, I didn't know anything about it until one of my friends who was in my band, and he was a massive, massive Kiss fan. He 
his whole house, like much to his wife's chagrin, was completely decorated with kiss stuff everywhere. Sounds and, like where um, I live. <laughs> and uh, he he was the one who told me when I went over to we were working on some new songs for a record, and he was like, "Dude, you won't you don't believe him, man." Ace and Peter were back with Kiss, and I was like, "Why?" Like I didn't couldn't even believe it that he when he told me that, right? And um, you know, he mentioned that you know because he he must have been getting this from some you know like deeper people within the circle because he was connected with other people too. Right. So, um, but I, I only heard that through him and I was, believe me, I was like right in line when they, I heard they were releasing this. Right. So I, that's, that's when I actually saw it was when it first came out as a commercial release. I never saw it on television. Really? Yeah. Which reminds me, Mark, you've mentioned your band and I want to give you a shout out. The kiss room last Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your demo. Yeah. Fantastic, and congratulations yeah. to all the other guys who submitted demos, but I'm going to point at Mark right here. Did a great <laughs> job on it. Fantastic. Kiss Room, you were awesome as always. So I hope they do that again, because that was uh, really yeah. fun. It was cool. It was really it was really cool doing it. I mean, thanks. Thank you very much for the kind words, and thanks to everybody else who me- actually messaged me and you know said similar things, you know, and Ken, too. Um, thank you very much, and you know, I'm sure Lonnie probably thought the same thing right and uh, it's just unbelievable right now that's okay that's cool but i I really do hope they do it again because i mean out of it actually came some interesting things because i some of the other people who were doing songs i you know we have all kind of contacted each other afterwards and you know maybe there might be some collaborations in the works with some of the people who did their songs with you know maybe i could do something with one of the other guys you know we're the wheels are already kind of spinning so if they do another kiss thing like that on the kiss room which i'm sure they will then i'm looking forward to doing another one possibly with one of the other people that did a song too so very cool that's awesome so we've talked about some great stuff any any anything else out there that's cringeworthy. Oh, cringeworthy. Yeah. Oh, oh, Julian, go ahead then before we go on the cringe. Okay, since we were just talking about MTV and Unplugged, which I didn't get to see, one thing I did get to see, and it was the tail end of my uh, university career at Canterbury in England, um, that was the 1997 MTV Europe broadcast. I think it was from, from Rock oh, Am Park. Or Rock Ambring, one of those. I, I, I can't remember which precisely. But trying to find a place in the student union... Um, I don't remember where I actually got to see it. I, I don't think they had MTV in the student unit, or if they did, they were playing utter shite in there, like <laughs> Spice Girls or you know Gary Barlow or any of that crap, whatever. Um, but getting to see it and getting to see the reunion, at that point I had tickets for Finsbury Park, and I was really excited because that was, you know, again, finally I'm going to go get to see Kiss. And getting to see what I was going to get to see, which was a European festival, um, and and the band, you know, they were they were pretty good. I mean, I I don't think at that point that they were as powerful or as strong or as tight as they'd been early on in the reunion tour. And obviously, I'd heard a lot of bootlegs by then. But just getting to see them on TV in England um, was really cool, you know, and and, and mar- far more cool than getting to watch the the Jack Doherty show later, which was uh, in conjunction <laughs> with uh, the Finsbury Park. Why didn't you go to that festival in '97? Which one, Finsbury? Yeah. Like a fucking car broke down. Yeah. Remember the story he told us about that? Yeah I, was, yeah, I was living near Hereford, I think. Yeah, near Hereford. And I went to leave, and car broke down. Bought me the driveway. 
You have great stories about getting screwed out of seeing the band just like I do. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, most most of the reasons I got screwed out of seeing Kiss before 1998 was my own damn fault, except for that, <laughs> except for that time. So uh, I didn't drink all my gas money that time. I had, <laughs> had money. I was set. I was ready to go, and it all went tits up. So yeah. there you go. It made it more all the more worthwhile in 1998. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, That's a good uh, one, though. 97 though that's that's a great appearance absolutely we really showcase that reunion tour which is we talked about earlier i didn't think got documented into a, a long form video as well as it should but that that is a great appearance for sure yeah so well before we get into cringeworthy real quick i want to talk about something else that's a favorite of mine and it's kind of timely and that is the uh the family guy um kiss save santa appearance which is I actually watched it the other night. It's really funny. Um, and it is, is Gene and Paul's voice in there? I'm not quite sure. I don't think that's Ace and Peter's voice in there. It was recorded in 2001, so I really doubt that it's Ace and Peter. But, and I like, and I was watching it, I like the fact that they say Ace freely in the episode. They don't say the spaceman in the episode, actually. So that's, um, that's a, a nice point out to it. But, um, and I think it's a relevant um, piece still appear, I mean, relevant appearance of the band still because, you know, Family Guy is on TV so much still. I mean, it's on Cartoon Network every night. TBS, it's on there all the time. It's on, it's on syndication so much. Um, and they've they had the the appearance obviously with the Kiss Save Santa type thing, and they've had they had the other appearance too. And Peter goes to to uh, to Kiss Fest that they yeah, call. I like that one, and that and that's a great one too. You know, and he. You know, he calls out Lois. I knew you weren't a Kiss fan, Lois. You wanted to be Peter Chris. Not even Peter Chris wants to be Peter Chris anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny. That's a good funny. one. Yep. Or when he burns Dennis DeYoung in the call-in show there, that was hilarious. <laughs> 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 that's right. That might be one of the earliest Kiss podcasts is the is that, that Kiss show on the on the, uh, the local show that, that he's watching. Well, what was that show called that he's watching? Oh, uh, Kiss... Uh, Oh, and I was just—I just saw it on YouTube it's like, too. It was like Kiss Call-in Show. Kiss Rumors? It wasn't Kiss Rumors. Something like that, though. Something Jeez, like I gotta that. look it up now. It was, it was, it was okay, call it on the air. Yeah, Kiss Rocks. All right, good call, good call. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, and I'll find it. You guys can tell we are really not scripted today. That we're we're really just flying by the Kiss Forum. Podcast. There you go. The Kiss Forum. Yeah. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> Could have been the Kiss FAQ. Oh Jesus! Kiss <laughs> <laughs> forum. There's Peter sitting in bed watching the Kiss forum. It's so great. <laughs> well, you never know. They might have based it on us in the FAQ forum. Yeah, you never know, eh? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they may have stumbled upon that uh, one thread. Is this that Dennis had... Young? That's the show where yeah. you're just. <laughs> no, that, he... that, that's the best part of the whole thing. Was that? <laughs> Come on, fess up, is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> how do we compare to Come Sail Away to Detroit Rock City? That was good. He has the the trivia kiss off, I guess he has, with, with the guy before the show, and they're going back and forth about kiss facts, <laughs> seeing who knows more about the band. It's, I think we've all been there, the kiss fan, like going back, maybe not in that style, but I mean, you see a guy as a Kiss fan. Well, how big of a Kiss fan is this guy? You know, right. as much about the band. We've all kind of experienced something like that a time or two. So, 
Um, the Family Guy is really good though because I think it's you know it's very re- it's those episodes aren't aren't new, but they're still very relevant because Family Guy is so syndicated and people see I'm a Kiss fan and they're like, oh yeah, have you seen that Kiss Family Guy episode with Kiss Save Santa? I'm like, yeah, 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 you know, and they start quoting stuff like that, man. It's always it's always a fun time. I enjoy that. The Family Guy is, is great. What about you? What about cringeworthy stuff? There's some more cringeworthy worthy stuff out there. Well, the only other old cringeworthy. Oh man, there's is there <laughs> ever? I mean, there's one that comes to mind right away for me when I when I think of cringeworthy, and that's got to be that Kiss Dr Pepper commercial with Michael Jackson, the phony Michael Jackson. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but uh, just to, just to show you, there's like a commercial that they did. With this phony Michael Jackson there. And he's supposed to be, you know, try to destroy Kiss here. Right. Well, that was from Mad TV. Oh, that's yeah, Mad TV. Oh, so that's where I remember seeing it from. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was one of the skits on Mad TV. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I don't know why I thought that that's was. One the ba- I, that's one of the bad skits on that Mad TV episode, is the Michael Jackson thing. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's what it's from. Okay, because I thought for, I don't know why for some reason I thought that was a commercial for some reason. It must have been when I was like going back and forth from the living room. I must have came back and thought there was some kind of weird like because you know, <laughs> the, the, the Michael Jackson looks really cracking in this. If you look at him, right, he doesn't look anything like him. But you know, yeah, it was just a, a was impersonation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ironic there that he gets beat up by, by the Kiss Kids. You know, <laughs> yeah. how very nineteen eighty four. So oh, yeah, the other one I was gonna say is is that Mike Douglas show where the part where Gene has to come out and try to represent the band and and Tody was it Tody Fields right yeah yeah just kind of ripping him I, and, I am devil incarnate no you're not you're a nice Jewish boy <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is too funny um, but I mean they make up for it in their performance uh, later when they they they're on stage but I'm sure the the people in that audience like, what the heck are we seeing here? <laughs> but that was good. Just one. came out. Nobody, no one knows who they are. I mean, no one knows. No, who they are. they're brand new. Yeah. So that's a that's a, the performance is a good appearance, but Gene coming out and talking is just so awkward. You know, very cringeworthy. I've only got a couple minutes before I've got to go, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my biggest cringe-worthy uh, moment out there, and David Letterman, 2012. That whole performance <laughs> for me was just utter cringe. Um, Paul was still struggling with his voice, in particular. They looked uncomfortable. They looked very self-conscious. Um, you know. I think Paul's a wonderful entertainer and how he handles himself and deals with a lot of these challenges as he's progressively aged and his body has changed on him um, has been really, you know, he's really done a great job of how he's held himself. But to see him struggle like that on national television on what was a a great opportunity uh, really brought home to me that you know, that there is an end to the band. And it it was like watching it and being reminded um, of something that you love and care about that isn't the same as it once was and how he was trying so hard but unable at that time to particularly cope well. And obviously being on TV, all the kind of, 
you know, flaws are there and magnified more so than when you're in the audience. So I found it uncomfortable. I found it painful. I I, I found it, you know, just a, a reminder of how long into the story we are. You know, that kind of reminds me of like what it must have been like to watch Willie Mays play with the Mets or something, because, you know, it's just over and he stayed at the party a little bit too long at that point. You know, it's yeah. kind of what that reminds me of. But mine's right from your same time period, Julian, and that's um, 2012 when they did Dancing with the Stars. No, not only did the band really not sound very tight to me on that, but Paul and Paul didn't sound very good either. And throw in the fact that it's dancing with the stars and it's just that's not very rock and roll or very rebellious type of programming to me you're kind of catering the 40 year old women you know watching their favorite c-list celebrities try to pull off some dance moves and it's like it's no american idol really it it's yeah it's 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 much farther down the rung than american idol even doing dancing with the stars and it's like I understand that you're on TV in front of, you know, how many millions of people, but is that really how you want to get on TV in front of millions of people? So It's that's the wrong millions of people. That's the thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mark? You got, a, you got another cringeworthy moment that we haven't brought up? Uh, no, I mean, I don't... I think that we've pretty much touched on all the ones that I've... That at least I've seen myself, right? I mean, I have to agree with uh, Julian about the whole uh, David Letterman. I actually did see that performance, and I remember when I watched it, I was kind of like, it, it, you did get that kind of uncomfortable feeling. It's like it, it's almost like you were just waiting for something worse to happen, and they were kind of like te- almost like teetering, like you know, it's like that moment when the band's on stage. And you can see that they're on the fringe of something might go wrong, but it doesn't happen. And you're you're happy for them. But I just always had that feeling when I saw them doing that, that, you know, maybe there might be like a really bad frog note that comes out of Paul or there maybe something might just happen. That's just going to be like, oh, no, like when you see it happen. But it, it was it was uncomfortable. I think that's the best term to use. It was an uncomfortable watch. It wasn't like when they were on Arsenio Hall, like that was just they were confident they were you know firing and all cylinders this was like they were running on some really bad gas you know unleaded fuel there when they were playing that but it was that to me was the most recent i guess cringeworthy moment to me so so well all right well to you out there on the kiss faq what are some of your favorite kiss tv appearances that we didn't cover what are some of your more cringeworthy Kiss TV appearances that we didn't cover? What are your thoughts on the ones that we did carry, that we did talk about? Um, you know, what are your more memorable ones, Yuri? Do you know, do you have like a, a Paul Lynn type moment, if you will, of, of Kiss that we didn't talk about? So interested to hear members of the board's feedback. So please comment on the board, comment on YouTube, listen on Spreaker, watch us on YouTube. So, we are one week before Christmas, and we wish everybody on the KISS FAQ a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and very safe holiday season. So for Ken and for Julian and for Mark, I am Lonnie Weissauer, SDL KISS on the KISS FAQ message board. Thank you for watching and listening to the KISS FAQ podcast. You stay classy, KISS Army. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. 
If you like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. We hope to see you again.